0: Hi, this is episode 31 of the theory of the postdoc evolution, the podcast from the Postdoctoral Development Center at Queen's University, Belfast. It follows episode 30 with another interview from June 2023 with Dr. Alison Garden, which this time features Dr. Manuela Moser, Festival Director for the Kirch International Festival of Literature. I'm absolutely delighted to introduce Dr. Manuela Moser to everybody. Manuela has had a very different career and equally fascinating, I'd argue, and will be particularly exciting and interesting for those of us Well, not those of us, those of you with more of a creative background. Uh, So Manuela is currently the Festival Director of Kirch International Festival of Literature, which includes programming the festival week, which takes place in April and was a huge success this year. And also uh, is in charge of programming their year round events, including the Kirch Labs, their school project. Her role includes financial aspects such as funding bids, directing the strategic aims of the festival and managing the team. Previous to this role, she was a director at Catalyst Art, which is an artist-led gallery in Belfast and worked at the Belfast Book Festival during her PhD. Manuela also runs the Lifeboat Press, an independent poetry press based in Belfast, publishing work by new and established writers such as Potter Gregan, Dane Holt and Leonche Flynn. She is also on Twitter at Manuela underscore Moser. So I'm going to start by asking you a bit about your current role, uh, Manuela, and then we'll kind of work backwards and talk a bit about your PhD and your career journey. So um lots of people will be familiar with the Kirch International Festival of Literature but probably only the uh the shiny festival program event side so could you introduce a bit more of what they do and what you do in, in charge of proceedings please
1: yeah of course hi alison and hello everyone it's lovely to be here yeah so i well i got this job at Kirch in october so it's been 9 months that i've been in the job and i'm kind of still understanding like what the organization is. So obviously, yeah, there's like the festival in April, which you know, I kind of delivered this year in like kind of had like six months to put it together. and at the moment we're kind of working through what else happens for the organization through the year. So we've just had a school's program and I'm kind of thinking about the, yeah, the ways in which, the organization can like foster a literary community and a like passion for literature in the people in Galway. Um I guess the like the joy and the pressure of my role is that there isn't really there isn't like a wider organizational structure so everything that happens I have to decide and I, at the moment I'm trying to like figure out what I want the organization to look like and what I you know how it should reflect what it should what it should be um, i don't know if that's garbled i'm cuz i'm kind of in the middle of thinking through all those
0: things <laughs> No, it's brilliant. It sounds like such an exciting, exciting challenge and such an exciting opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I, and I guess, I'm curious, and I'm sure the people listening and will be. Uh, what kind of people attend the festival of literature, and who your audience is? But also, you talked a bit about perhaps not having as many colleagues as, as one might expect. So, do you do you have many colleagues, and if so, what kind of <laughs> what kind of backgrounds do they come from? We, I do I have colleagues? I do have colleagues. So
1: Kurch is um, based within the Galway Arts Centre in in Galway. So there's kind of this wider team of the Galway Arts Centre and then Kurch is like a bubble in it. And then there's the Galway Youth Theatre as well. So there's sort of like theatre, visual arts and the literature all together. So that's a really nice place to like kind of exist with these other directors who are kind of engaging in like other art forms but Kaj itself has at the moment me and one other person so there's myself and Ashling, who is the festival manager and so when I started in October it was just the two of us and then kind of between October and April we I think from like we ended up with a team of about 10 so I think because of the way that the a festival works you know we kind of hired a marketing officer and then an author logistics liaison production manager uh we have we coach always has an intern from the galway university and um, so it kind of like swells and now we're back to two and then it will swell again and then will, you know so it's kind of like this accordion of hiring people <laughs> and i yeah i wanted to know who visited festival so we uh, put out a like a survey which was actually one of the i had to like design an audience feedback survey and i know i'm like jumping ahead but that was one of the things that having a phd i think really helped me do because i was kind of designing this survey and i was going oh well what do i what i didn't do a phd in like data gathering or anything but i was like what data do i want to find out from people and one of them was like, where are you from? So about half of the attendees that filled out the thing were from Galway City. And then it was kind of like Galway County, 20%. Then it was mainly like Ireland and a few people from overseas. But mainly kind of the core base is that like we're serving the people in Galway.
0: Thank you, Manuela. Uh, so could you tell us a bit more about your role and what a typical Wednesday might look like? For you and I presume a typical Wednesday in, we're in June. June looks very different from a typical Wednesday in April so maybe tell us your two different experiences of, of what yeah. it's like.
1: Absolutely I mean at the moment my typical Wednesday is reading, thinking about next year, kind of trying to balance some budgets, looking at funding applications, trying to figure things out and also just like my brain is still really exhausted so kind of recovering my brain but like in March my typical Wednesday would have been kind of doing 20 different tasks and so my role is to be the kind of like head of the organization so answering a lot of questions which is like challenging because you kind of have to be able to be like authoritative and that's something that I have like struggled with <laughs> so like answering questions about marketing deciding what like pull-ups should look like writing press releases having like a meeting with the PR person that we hired um deciding on like a fee for the photographer going through contracts like making sure that everyone that the festival manager is like doing okay and that she's kind of you know not forgotten anything or that she's like you know kind of that she's okay choosing what the lighting's gonna look like I spent like a week running around Galway trying to like get chairs for the festival stages you know it's kind of like everything so there's no every day is like different and I just like from January to April I had like a a very 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 long word doc on my computer that was just like a list of things to do and I had it separated into like today (laughs) this week by next week (laughs) Um, and that was yeah so I don't know it's just kind of like a, a every day is different and messy but that might be to do with me being very unorganized as well.
0: Um. <laughs> no, I think you're selling yourself short. You sound incredibly organized, even down to your word document being in subsections, and it, you've got so many different parts to to think about. So many different roles. Yeah. In your role. I think it sounds quite like an academic job in that in that way, isn't that academics are supposed to be brilliant at ten different things? you sounds quite similar. Oh, um, one of the things that I wanted to ask you is what you enjoy most about your job, and what you find the most challenging. Mm.
1: Do I do most about the job? I mean, I love events. Like for the last kind of 12 years, I've been running events, going to every single event, literature event mainly, like that I could go to. So I love just thinking about how events work and who would be good in it and the like kind of thrill of putting together that week of the festival. That's really like the main joy. What I find most challenging is probably like managing people, because that's not something I'd ever done before. Um, And I think that that actually requires like a lot of thought and empathy and that you have to, you know, that's kind of something that you don't think about when you're doing a PhD because, you know, you're kind of alone. So managing people was difficult. But also fun because then you're working in a team and I think we I managed to like create a really nice team of people. So that was fun. What else is challenging? I guess I don't know now it's all a blur. I think that doing a festival is a bit like it's like you're running and it's stressful and then like it happens and then you're like, oh, well, that was great.
0: (laughs) You must be a really good manager if you're concerned about doing it with care and thought. Oh, that's. That. No, it's true. Not all managers <laughs> would would say that, and I like that that was your your first instinct. Yeah. So you you alluded to it previously, but you mentioned that there are aspects of your training from your PhD that helped you mm. with with this role. And I know that you probably have a slightly more unusual PhD to some people because your PhD is in, in creative writing. But what aspects of your academic research and your PhD work do you think have helped you the most in in this role? Yeah, I was thinking about this. I am not sure.
1: I don't think anything like direct, anything like directly because my PhD was, I wrote a 70 page poem. (laughs) I wrote like a 20,000 word thesis and a 10,000 word kind of essay. So I guess one of the most useful things has been like that I think like being able to understand how to like write to different tones So like being able to write a press release or write the program and kind of sell an event um, like those kind of different ways of language. And then also being able to like fill out a funding form and know what kind of language a funder would like want to hear. And I always use my title of doctor when I'm filling out a funding form, but I don't use it in most of the places. (laughs) So I think being able to like use language well is such a, big thing and then I guess like thinking critically you know being able to like think through thoughts and think about what like what data do we want to collect you know like all these things and just I guess maybe like the idea that doing a PhD has made me think that I like can do other things but writing a 70-page poem hasn't really uh helped me <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a lot Echoing what Eliza was saying that about during your PhD, you, you develop a huge amount of, of skills and expertise and, and it's just about translating those skills into a different environment. And I'm sure people will be delighted to hear that there's other uses for filling out funding applications. So could you Tell us a little bit about your work-life balance then. It sounds like it's exceptionally full on for the first couple of months of the year before the festival, but how many hours would you say you work per week and can you work flexibly? Yes.
1: So I think that doing a PhD actually taught, or being a student probably taught me, I didn't like create good patterns for myself while I was a student. And I'm at the moment trying to like correct that. So from kind of January to April I was working it's meant to be a nine-to-five job but I don't do well in the mornings, so I would start work at 10 or like half 10 because yes we have flexible hours you know there's no one kind of checking up when I'm starting so starting at half 10 but kind of working most of the time like till 8 p.m 10 p.m kind of I'd be sat in bed a lot doing work because there was so much stuff that like if I didn't do it It wouldn't get done. I worked most weekends. I (laughs) just kind of didn't have a work life balance. And I was in Galway and I'm like, I've been in Belfast for years. So kind of half moved to Galway for the job. Didn't like know many people. So I was also, I was just like, well, I'll work or I'll go and see something with like the one or two people that I know. And now, so then like after the festival, I've kind of been taking all of those extra hours that I worked and not uh, not working you know kind of like in time in lieu at the moment yeah so work-life balance not great uh, and <laughs> the other I guess the nice thing is like if I go to events or if I'm going to like a festival or anything then it kind of counts as work you know so anything that I would probably normally do as a sociable thing now really counts as like working so that's uh good and bad
0: <laughs> thank you uh can you uh, talk to us a bit about how you got here so we're thinking about the career journey for for this yeah. stage of the questions so what is your academic background and we chatted a little bit about your phd but just a bit more information about yeah how, how you got here and what your academic background looked like and yeah
1: um, my academic background, I did three, I did my undergraduate degree in English with creative writing at Queen's, then I did a master's in poetry at Queen's, and then we did a PhD in creative writing poetry at Queen's, so it was all like very same, and yeah, I kind of did a PhD without really thinking about it, so I think that's why I am maybe like a bit ambivalent, because I think I should have probably taken like a couple of years to think about it. I kind of did all three degrees with no break. But during all of that time, and like through having, I got AHRC funding for my PhD. So, like, having that funding allowed me to do other things. And one of the things that I did was me and my boyfriend sat, uh, started doing like a reading series of poetry. And then we started like a small press called The Life Belt. And that's just been something that we do and like still do and just kind of do it because we love uh poems and we love kind of bringing people together through poems and I guess like without having the freedom of not working kind of you know a lot of jobs I was able to do that and then my PhD also if you did like a six month placement you got like extra funding so I did a placement at the Belfast Book Festival and discovered that I was just like oh this is it this is what I want to do and I'm really good at it so like that was kind of like that's the main thing that like the PhD gave me I think and then so I would highly recommend doing a placement like if you have the opportunity then I think that's like the best thing you can do because you know it's hard to get a job in academia and then I handed my PhD in a month before COVID (laughs) (laughs) so like kind of couldn't get a job didn't know what you know, none of us knew what the world was like doing between those, you know, like kind of March to September. So then I joined Catalyst Arts, uh, which is like an amazing organization. It's volunteer led, volunteer run, artist gallery and organization. And so kind of six of us were in charge of this entire organization. And I ended up, I did some funding applications, but I ended up managing like doing the operations managing the budget and I think that managing the budget kind of was something I'd never done before and got me to like I was able to apply for this job partly because I was able to say look I've managed a budget of like 50,000 or something so I can you know I can also manage the coach budget (laughs) and yeah I don't know what
0: yeah so you've been talking about applying for different things and this this the very real struggles of trying to survive and forge a career during COVID so did were you applying for academic jobs in this period did you ever think about going for an academic job in a university or what was your strategy no I never applied for an academic job At all, I didn't even do
1: any, I taught for one semester, my entire PhD time. I think I knew I didn't wanna be in academia because I'd seen my mom go into academia late, uh, like when she was in kind of 45, 50, and she in uh, human geography and she just hopped around, you know, like two years here, one year here and no like stability. And I thought, I can't, I don't really wanna do that. And also I'm not very good at teaching. And like, if you're going to be in academia, you probably want to be good at teaching because you're going to spend time teaching. So I knew I didn't want to be in academia. And so I I kind of didn't do any of that. I was offered a fellowship in publishing from the Heaney Center. So that was really lovely. And I got to spend like one final year with the Heaney Center, like kind of being in kind of like, kind Of academia, but yeah, I kind of knew I didn't belong in a university, yeah. Although, you know, it's very, it's, I like hanging out with people who work in universities, I just think I could, you know, do it.
0: So, how did you find out about the, the job at And what was the recruitment process like? And can you remember your interview?
1: Yeah, I can. I mean, it wasn't that long ago, it wasn't even a year ago. I applied for the job in. the the beginning of August I think the actually I didn't realize that the job was going and I didn't to be honest like think I was anywhere near qualified whatsoever but the person who's leaving the job sent me the job like they were like oh I think you'd be good for this so I was like oh that's my dream job ever so I applied for it and like you know I kind of had like three days applied for it and I was like this no I'm gonna get this job and then they actually extended the they were like you know when a job is like oh we're extending it the deadline for two weeks and I was like damn I just like crammed it in in three days and clearly they aren't interested in me because they've looked at my application and been like no we need more <laughs>
0: more candidates
1: but I got an interview so I I like had never been to Galway before I like it's a really long way on the train I don't drive so I kind of got on the train and spent a very like sick evening in Galway just like going over a presentation that I'd done my presentation was very good because I just put pictures on it I think that would be like a good tip because I remember sitting in the interview and people like I put very nice pictures of like events I'd run and I remember the interview panel really like looking at the pictures so that would be a hot tip for an interview from me and when I was in the interview I I came out feeling like really good because I didn't like lie about myself I didn't like make myself sound more capable than I was I kind of like presented myself with the abilities I actually have so I came out feeling like yeah that was good and then they called me up like kind of an hour or two afterwards to say that they really liked me and I then I started freaking out because I was like I don't know if I can move to goal
0: <laughs> thank you uh, for the top tip about just putting pictures yeah pictures your uh, presentation mm-hmm. and it's also quite similar to Eliza like the kind of dream job the application that you think might not might yeah. not get, feeling underqualified but going for yeah. it anyway and then being perfect for it do you think that there was anything in particular on your on your profile or from your profile or on your CV that that really attracted the people who were interviewing you? Um, I think that possibly just like
1: I did something different with my CV this time. So I'd never really like applied for uh, many jobs before, and I'd kind of applied for like there was lots of marketing jobs in Belfast for like two years, so I'd applied for lots of those not very good at marketing and I had a few interviews and I was terrible so when I did my CV for this job I I guess lots of people do this but I like explained what I did in each role and I guess the thing probably just like my passion for it came through and also I had a friend who helped me write my cover letter so (laughs) it was really helpful like she I was like kind of you know mind blur and I was like I want to say this but cleverer and so she was like here you go and kind of translated my gobbled mess into like really clever sounding words so use your friends like you know if you've got people who are good (laughs) at doing things uh, don't be afraid of like you know asking for their help.
0: I think that is a really great tip actually because Mm -hmm. as people doing PhDs we all have very smart friends so do make use of their their skills and intelligence Mm -hmm. it's great to have you Manuel, because more and more people are doing creative writing phds and i think the post phd path is really quite unclear so i wanted to ask if you are still writing in in your free time which sounds like you don't have very much free time at the moment Mm -hmm. but are you still you know, kind of um, progressing your own writing and creative practice, or are you very focused now on your current career trajectory? Um,
1: Yeah, I still write. I definitely don't write all the time, but I never used to write all the time. Um, So I've kind of got a project that I've been working on for like three years. And now I see writing just as something that I really enjoy. Uh, Like I never wanted to be a writer as a career. Like that was never something that seemed like you know I kind of I like giving other people and other creative people like platforms so that's really where I see like my creativity coming out and I like writing and I just write to amuse myself you know (laughs) which is a hilarious thing to have spent 10 years studying something just so that you can like amuse yourself but you know (laughs)
0: but it sounds like you've ended up in exactly the right place for you yeah your journey has definitely taken you to the perfect destination I would like to ask if there is a top tip that you could give to anyone who's considering perhaps a similar position to yours or is also coming from a creative background Mm, I guess top tip if you're interested
1: in like events or if you're interested in events I would go to like every single event that you can go to. Going If you're a creative person and you want to like I think that going to you know if you're a creative person and you go to all the open mic nights then you like get to meet people who will have like similar views as you and maybe make friends and I think that maybe the thing that I really fostered through the PhD was like making connections with people who I really wanted to like talk to and hang out with and that that really kind of if you hang out with people that are cleverer than you and that say things that you don't understand and then you kind of go away and think more heavily you you know kind of appreciate what things are more and you learn more and you like further your own brain so find good people and hang out with them
0: <laughs> uh, no i think that's a wonderful uh, a wonderful tip to end on to mm-hmm. encourage, encourage people to do the things that they love and to extend their networks and to spend time with people that inspire them yeah. all that is left for me to do is to thank you so much manuela for coming and being so generous and honest about oh. your incredible career thanks for listening if you haven't already, you can listen to episode 30 with a similar interview from the same day with Dr. Eliza Mackie from the National Archives. For more episodes, visit the podcast's website at go.qub.ac.uk slash podcastpdc. Bye.